Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman Beyond podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 101, Centuries of the Last Cosmos, and Payback. Hi, pals. I'm coming at you from my brand new studio in my brand new house. It's a terrifyingly exciting time. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. I'm not in a new house. No, but you're invited to my new house anytime you like. very excited to see your new house and your new new office. Yeah, we... um... We bought this house. We are yeah. the, uh, much like uh, mythical homeowners, which mm-hmm. people people from starting in my generation, Gen X on into the mm-hmm. millennials, which is you guys and, and on. Yep. D- uh, most of us can't do this. No. And I don't know how the fuck we did it. It's, it's all Amanda, not me. But mm-hmm. uh, here we are. Well, I'm proud of you both. Well, I didn't do shit, but thank you. I well, will take it anyway. Too bad. I'm still proud of you. All right. I threw a uh, an amazing studio together in a week, so you can be proud yeah, of me for did. that. Um, but also, uh, I, I I mention all this because when we get to my summary, mm. it's gonna feel like I wrote it in about thirty seconds because uh, I I kind of did, and I'm sorry <sighs> in advance for that. But it's been a very busy week for me. So, but we're here. The show mm-hmm. is here. We I yep. watch the episodes. We have plenty to talk about. I just my my summary might, might be a little lacking. So mm-hmm. just just telling you now. It's fine. We forgive you. Maybe when we reach the half hour point, when when it comes time, you'll forget that. Mm-hmm. Probably not. No, you're you'll probably say, writing it down. Yeah, I'm probably writing my summary still as as I'm talking right now. <laughs> uh, Maggie Vamp. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you've never had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, let's see what's in the news today. Mm-hmm. Al gets new gets new house. That's not new. That happened a week ago. Maggie gets new Doctor Strange action figure. There you go. Uh huh. Does it talk with Benedict Cumberbatch's terrible American accent? Only when I do the voice. Ah, well, you got to ah, do the voice. Ah, Dormammu. Hello, Peter. Uh, I've come to you to bargain. Uh, I am an American huh? man. Mm-hmm. Oh we're, using, my oh, we're using our made-up names. <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm also British, but I can <laughs> I, was, I can talk like an American person. I was person. watching the... Um... I was watching the, the, the last Spider-Man movie, the one everyone else saw months ago. and I only Yeah, except for you and me. Yeah, exactly. And it just occurred to me, I know this is most movies now, but everyone in that movie is British pretending to be American. Everybody, I know. Like Andrew Garfield and mm-hmm. um, uh, what's his name who plays Doc Ock? Yep. And just everybody. Alfred Molina. That's him. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just very strange. And so on in that and, fashion. Oh, and, and uh, Tom Holland also. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw the Batman the other night. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson, no idea he was British. He's no. very British. Well, some British people are good at it. Mm-hmm. Others are Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yep. Um, how was that, by the way? Since we I, do a Batman I, show, it might be worth mentioning. I really enjoyed it. Three hours is too fucking long for a Batman movie. I think three hours is too long for anything. Mm-hmm. Even stuff that I, like, if a Star Wars movie was that long and I love Star Wars, I would think it was too long. Like, yeah. That's just too long for a movie. Like, they did actual, like, they did an actual sort of murder mystery with, like, an actual, like, detective stuff, which they never do in Batman movies. So they did more of a grounded sort of street-level thing, like uh, like the Nolan stuff, then? Yeah, this is the most grounded, most street-level stuff I've seen from even, a Batman movie. Even more than, than those three very grounded movies? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, 
The relationship with Batman and Jim is very good. It, uh, well, Jim's basically good. like the second lead. Mm. That's it's cool. Him or, it's him or uh, Catwoman, but uh, who plays who plays Jim Gordon in that? I do not remember. Give me one sec. Yeah. Of course, you say Jim, and I think of Jim from uh, Our Flag Means Death, which is an entirely different Jim. Jim. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's also a different. Th- that is the third Jim. Have you seen the Gay Pirate Show yet? Because uh, I have seen the first six episodes of the Gay Pirate oh Show. Oh my it's god! Extremely good. Yeah, well, it gets infinitely better. My uh, my mom's been here, uh, and I've been watching it with her because she liked what we do in the shadows, and mm-hmm. she really likes it. It it's one of those shows that sort of stealth sneaks up on you with emotion, where it's like, oh, this is a fun, silly show. Oh shit, this is this is oh, it makes me feel a lot of feelings. Mm, it sure fucking does. It's it's that BoJack thing where it's uh-huh. like, oh, 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 oh dear. It's not dark like that. No, it's just it's just a lot more emotional than you expect. Is all. Yeah. Uh, Jim, uh, Jim Gordon's played by Jeffrey Wright. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. He, he's very good. Good. I'm glad. Mm. Glad to hear it. Well, I mean, I probably won't see that movie because look, I don't, don't, don't tell our listeners, but I don't really like Batman that much. What? But, <laughs> I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> wow. But, uh, no, it just doesn't look that interesting to me, but it was mm. important to me that you liked it. Like, oh yeah. Just like I was disappointed on your behalf that you didn't like the Ghostbusters movie. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a thing you like. Yeah, that Ghostbusters movie was very bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So enough pre-show banter. Let's yeah, now let's, uh, let's get into, into it. This. With uh, would would you agree the best title, best episode title? Uh, best episode title. Uh, of this we'll series for sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That'd be Centuries of the Last Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Take it away, Maggie. <clears throat> So Terry, Max, and I guess Terry's friend Corey are playing a game of Centuries of the Last Cosmos, a VR game that's Star Wars. It's just Star Wars, which, look, is fine. God knows I have played more than enough video games that crib from Star Wars in my 38 years alive. Anyway, Corey gets the high score and is invited to the reclusive Simon Harper's mansion for mysterious reasons. Presumably a tour of his murderous video game factory. (laughs) But no, Harper is merely inviting the very best gamers to his mansion so that they can... Oh my god, so they can steal for him? Why is every villain in Gotham's big fucking idea teenagers stealing? Teenagers are horrible at stealing. Hire some fucking goons or something. It's Gotham fucking city! (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, Harper outfits the teens with weapons and armor from the game so that they can... Rob the Hall of Records. Batman tries to stop them, but they escape, but not before announcing that they're working for the Wise One. Terry remembers Corey referring to Harper as the Wise One and goes to investigate. After a quick fight with Harper's security, Batman meets Harper, who is shocked. Shocked, I say, that anyone would dress as one of his characters and commit a crime of all things. Good heavens! But, of course, none of that has anything to do with Harper. Of course not, says Terry, placing bugs literally everywhere. He's not even gone five minutes before Harper commands his army of stupid children to go kill Eldon Michaels. Terry heads to Michaels' apartment and finds that Michaels is, of course, a big fat nerd with a Gary Gygax beard and the voice of Pat Oswalt, who lives alone, surrounded by toys, and also actually created Centuries of the Last Cosmos. Harper produced the game and is now trying to cover up for the fact that he never actually paid Michael, which... Listen, Harper, get get a lawyer. You're a billionaire. You rip people off all the time. It's not even hard. Anyway, the knights kidnap Michaels and take him back to Harper's mansion, where Harper dresses up as Emperor Palpatine and then tries to kill Michaels with force lightning. Terry arrives and explains what's going on, and the knights turn on Harper because fuck that guy. 
Later, Harper is arrested, and Bruce complains about how once again video games have ruined the lives of every person that they touch. <laughs> the whole time this was happening, I was thinking Bruce would hate all of this. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. Like, these children are so misguided. It's a fantasy world. Wake up. And I, the thing I like, this is kind of my good thing. Mm -hmm. Terry is kind of into it. Oh, yeah. He doesn't mock. Like, there's so many easy ways to say, ha ha, nerds. Ha ha. Yep. Take that, the hand that feeds us. And mm -hmm. they don't really, like, yeah, you're right. You were right to point this out in your summary that, um, that the one guy is a big fat nerd. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I think they did a pretty good job. Like, it didn't have the usual contempt you get. Yeah. Nerd culture. There's some light mockery, but there's also a real knowledge of the subculture. Oh, yeah. And the fantasy world, yes, it rips off Star Wars, but it also doesn't feel like every lazy video game you mm. see in every cartoon. It felt like they have a at least a rudimentary understanding of how games work. Yeah. I like uh I like the um the disc things I fly around on. Yeah. The uh and, the Mr. Miracle discs. Uh yeah, okay. Um I just I, like there's so many like even even uh the animated series when mm -hmm. Dick Grayson would always play his video games video like, games which is all I can think about this episode yeah of course um they didn't it felt like they didn't understand what a video game was where yeah. here you know this is kind of like what a VR game might mm -hmm. be like yeah and the only thing that got me was uh when they when they take off the helmets and they're back in the arcade and they show the score are scores mm -hmm. a thing for video games anymore I think oh, they stopped God, that no. a long time ago yeah no no. Apart from that, though, yeah, and and just you know, there's a lot of quoting nerd shit and references and things, which is exactly and a little mm -hmm. bit of little bit of light gatekeeping. Yep, yep. Um, no, actually, what it is, but without feeling like it was like, oh, you fat nerds suck. Now give us yeah. some more money. It was, I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that they understand where they came from. They talked about conventions, which at this point, twenty years ago, you didn't really hear a lot about. Yeah, this yeah, this would have been uh, what two thousand three. No, 2001 or two, but Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean the show launched in '99, and we're only in season two, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, just in time for uh, episode one. Well, yeah, and there's some real stale. Like, there's a this is my bad thing. There's a Ugh. Jar Jar reference that yeah. does not that lands like a wet turd. Terry doesn't. T Terry doesn't know what the Wizard of Oz is, uh, but he does know that Jar Jar sucks. I mean, Jar Jar does suck. Mm-hmm. And this is comes from the biggest Star Wars apologist you will ever meet. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Jar Jar still sucks. I mean, I guess it is 20 years later and we all know Jar Jar stuck, sucks. So. Yeah, but also it felt like they did write this in 1999 when that game, when that movie just dropped. Yeah. Uh, but cartoons take two years to make, so that was not a fresh reference by this no, point that's, already. That's rough, guys. Well, maybe he'll still be in the second movie. No. Oh, I mean, he was for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. He cast the vote that made Palpatine Emperor, which I thought was a nice choice. <laughs> oh, I hope I don't doom billions of people. <laughs> Whoopsie. Fart. But, yeah. But, you know, again, like, apart from that and one or two clumsy references, I thought, like, the nerd stuff was pretty mm -hmm. okay. And honestly, Patton Oswalt, like, pretty good casting, I thought. Fucking baby-ass Patton Oswalt to the point where I was like, is that actually him or just a dude that sounds like him? Yeah, because he's I a had... voice you hear in everything now, mm -hmm. but that's 20 years later. You know? It's like, it's like, oh, God, I got to remember, like, the stand-up I used to listen to, like, when I was, like, a teenager. Uh, you you listened to him. When I when I met you guys in, like, 2004, you were listening mm -hmm. to him. So yeah. So this is around the same time. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, God, I got to remember, like, what he sounded like on fucking that mm -hmm. 222 al uh, album uh, that I had. His voice hasn't changed. <laughs> 
Um, but since we're doing Hey, It's That Guy, mm-hmm. Simon Harper, uh, played by Australian actor Tristan Rogers, by the way, great name, mm-hmm. uh, who is a long-running character on General Hospital. And I mentioned this just because of my, my particular weird love of soap operas. Mm-hmm. He has played a character called Scorpio. Scorpio! For like 30 or 40 years, and I bet the character has an eye patch. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I didn't look it up. But he just, you know, he feels like that rough and tumble, always has two days worth of stubble. General Probably Hospital. still looks pretty handsome with his silver hair now. Scorpio. Just, you know, very specific image to me. But Oh, uh, yeah, that's a Scorpio. Yeah, exactly. Rough Agent Robert Xavier Scorpio. Oh, Amazing. wonderful. Oh, I love soap operas so much. Oh, They're so my stupid. Oh, God. But Tristan Rogers in itself sounds a bit like a soap opera name. Also. Oh, definitely. Or a comic book name at the very least. Yeah. But this guy was so Australian. Mm-hmm. I'd like to add as many syllables to words as possible. No. No. <laughs> That's a super ego joke, not mine, but just Hit. couldn't stop thinking of that. Uh, his voice was my good thing. Uh, it yeah? was very, very good. Well, again, it's that... Um, Andrew Romano thing of casting people mm. with interesting voices. He's yep. not, it's not a guy doing a voice. He just sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I want I to s- tell you about my video game that I definitely invented. Mm. You're, you're going New Zealand with it. The, yeah, I can't imagine why that could be. The problem is we're all familiar with New Zealand now, and, and mm-hmm. Australia's waning in pop culture yep. memory, so it's it's easy to confuse the two. We need another. We, we need a, a, a heartfelt queer Crocodile Dundee reboot. There you go. I'm, I mean... I'm down for that. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was your bad thing? The music in this is just Star Wars. Like, like not even like inspired by Star Wars. Just like someone owes John Williams some money and an apology. There's a bit in this that sounds exactly like the theme song to the Super Star Wars SNES game that I played repeatedly. No, it definitely sounds like they went to the composer and said, do as close to Star Wars as you can without getting us sued, and mm. that's exactly what they did. I liked it, but in keeping with our long-standing tradition on this show, mm-hmm. we have very varying opinions on the music. So. Yeah, every every time. <laughs> every time. But it always makes for interesting discussion, I think. Overall, I think the Star Wars stuff really bugged you. Mm-hmm. I think it didn't bug me because it's if this whole show was like that, of course, but if they're sure. just doing one episode... like. We have constantly sung the praises of this show for doing Marvel Comics stuff. Sure. So what's the difference? Um, I don't know. It's like, entirely possible I like Marvel Comics more than I like Star Wars. Oh, I'm sure it is. I If you asked me, does your friend Maggie like Marvel Comics or Star Wars more, there's no question. Yeah. But, you know, I, like, I, them paying homage to all the all the nerd influences, mm-hmm. not just the other comics company, but other things, too. Like, I don't know. I like that. So, didn't bother me. And also, uh, there were a couple of contrived things, like the Jar Jar line, but for the most part, it it felt all right. All right. Also, I got to give this episode credit for the message basically being about creators' rights. Yeah. The the Patton Oswalt character is basically Alan Moore. Yep. I mean, like, the fact that... (laughs) The fact that he's just like I, I, you didn't give me twenty percent of the, like. Yeah, what we agreed on. Like I'm not even asking for much. No, I don't want half even. I just want my share. Yeah, like the refusal. Like I feel like there's people like all over Gotham City who just didn't get paid for this thing either. Oh yeah, like all the coders. Yeah, it's all like all the play testers, all the all the the actors who play the NPCs, everybody. Yeah, it's like on its eighth sequel, and 
people just don't fucking work for uh, for centuries of the last cosmos. They literally, literally do not pay you. Yeah, they do the Amanda Palmer thing. They pay you in hugs. Yeah, and also, also the crunch is fucking awful. Just ugh. Yep. <laughs> then they just never stop hugging you while you have to program. Fucking Amanda Palmer. Ugh. <laughs> yep. I knew that would get you. I wasn't sure if you heard it the first time, but I figured mm-hmm. I figured it would take a second. But yeah. Ugh. What if I just thank you in thank yous? What if you thanked me in money that I yeah. earned? How about this is how our economy works? Yes, capitalism sucks, but this is the world we live in, so pay me. Too late, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go publicly div- divorce Neil Gaiman on Twitter. I don't know anything about that. I can't speak to that. <laughs> um, uh. I will say you called this out and it was funny, mm-hmm. but... This is the way you introduce a new high school friend of Terry's. You yep. say, here's Terry, here's Max, who you also know, mm-hmm. and here's one of the new ones. Yep. Because, you know, what, are you going to make this Howie again? I mean, it's it's not like a bad thing. You know, like, God no. knows I went to, to school with, like, a bunch of people who I didn't hang out with but did stuff with occasionally. Uh, every now and then, oh, yeah. I'll go to the arcade with this guy I haven't hung out with since yeah, middle school. Like, He's still pretty cool. Or, like, your friend of a friend of a friend or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Also, you know, in high school, you also meet new people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's that's true. Weird to think of this in our 30s and 40s that there was a time when we were surrounded by people our own age that mm-hmm. we could just be friends with whenever we wanted to. Yeah, these days I actively refuse to meet new people. Uh, it's so, so fucking difficult. It's I mean, the worst. Even, even before the pandemic, it mm-hmm. was just, you know, I don't know how to do it without the internet. Yeah. Um, Let's see, what else? Uh, but, I mean, that that brings up the overall, like, yet another connection to the high school. Like, we've said this a million times, but it's getting very tiresome. Yeah. Well, Bruce, even at one point, is just like, wait, so this kid went to your high school? And I just kept expecting him to go, again? Mm-hmm. You don't say. How, well, how, my... how many people in this high school are going to turn out to either be criminals or kidnapped by criminals? Well, I, f- I feel like he wouldn't... He, he knows this already. Mm-hmm. My thought is he recruited... Uh, Terry on purpose mm-hmm. because Hamilton Hill High School is the epicenter of supervillainy in oh, yeah. Neo Gotham. It's it's like how Buffy's high school was the Hellmouth. Yeah. Something about Hamilton Hill High School makes supervillains. Mm-hmm. And so he needs someone there and so he he arranged for all the things to happen to make Terry become Batman. Neo Gotham was just built on the ruins of Sunnydale. Mm. Yeah, there you go. That's why it has such an elaborate sewer system. Mm, that makes sense. They had to fill up that big hole. Mm-hmm. That's the sewer king still in there somewhere, though. How do I get out of here? <laughs> Hello? Also, I didn't put together that this was yet another fucking, um, you know, uh, uh, Oliver Twist thing again. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's until a, it's near a, the end. It's definitely a a, a, a variant of that. No, no, you're absolutely there, right. I just know? I didn't make the connection until near the end, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh motherfucker, another one of these, yeah. huh? This might be my favorite one of those. It's mm-hmm. still not a great episode, but of if we were just looking at the. 10 or so episodes we've done with that plot this one's got at least an interesting text Mm -hmm. into it like also oh go ahead i mean like the fact that it's slightly even slightly different from guy in sewer with army you know yeah he's not an outcast this guy's a billionaire so it's a little bit different yeah like at this point like is that like one of the five major plots in fiction (laughs) yeah it's man versus nature Mm -hmm. 
all animals versus all people, right. coined by John Hodgman. Right, and creep in the basement sends children to do his visit, bidding. Wait, the basement is not the same as the sewer. Well, it's a metaphorical basement. If okay, you're, you're, right. Like, you know, you just need to be downstairs from everybody else. Right, you know, like beaming down to a planet, downstairs. Exactly. Like, if Star <laughs> yeah. Trek did this, you could definitely have, like, a sewer planet where, like, all the sewer people lived, and they send their attractive high school students out to steal things. So, basically, it would just be Armus. Yeah. Armus, okay. but living under justice. Hey, 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 you teens. Do How some do... crimes for me. How do you do, fellow teens? <laughs> yep, backwards <laughs> baseball cap. <laughs> Play some video games. You guys talking about video games? Shut up, 40-year-old dick. <laughs> Shut up, Rob, but nobody likes your style. <laughs> Um, something we didn't mention, and you might not know this, mm. the connection to the movie The Last Starfighter. Do you know that movie? I know of that movie. I never saw that movie. I am not playing the, it came out before you were born or, or when you were very little, so you wouldn't know it. I just, it doesn't seem very enduring to me. Mm. You want to know something? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I don't know the movie, but I did play the shit out of the Nintendo game based on the movie. That's odd. Yeah. Just because the plot of the movie is someone plays a video game and is chosen to be like a you know like the the chosen one mm. for some aliens and like how do you make a video game out of that without that gets real meta it's basically a shooter like uh yeah. like uh, galaga or whatever uh, you could just say like literally every nintendo game yeah yes. sure <laughs> now, it, like i didn't pick it like back when i was like six or whatever my dad would just go to the the video yeah. store and just like ah, eh, this looks good mm-hmm. no, sometimes I, but... that worked sometimes it didn't but the plot of that movie is is that. It's like mm. there's arcade games all over, and whoever was best at it, it was a test. Mm. And the aliens need a good starfighter to help destroy the, the evil aliens. And yeah, like, in the 80s, when everyone's trying to rip off Star Wars, that was at least a kind of yeah. a novel idea. It was, it was a pretty good movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's probably not. It probably hasn't aged well, but, like, when you're 10 and you find it on cable, it's great. Yeah. And I did a number of times. Mm -hmm. And... This definitely, the first act anyway, feels like that. It feels like it was it was borrowing from that, mm -hmm. where it's like, ooh, this video game is actually, like, you know, trying to find me who, because I'm special. Yep. That speaks to a nerd thing. It's like... Oh, sure. Is Like, my parents keep telling me this, this skill that I have is absolutely useless, mm -hmm. and now I have discovered that it isn't, that mm -hmm. it actually can, you know. And it turns out, no, it's not useless when you can put a camera on yourself and do it for other people to watch. I guess oh, yeah. that's, that's how it works. Mm hmm I mean, so it's true. I know streamers weird. who made millions of dollars. Oh, doing I, this. I know. And this is where I show that I am 47 years old and mm. very out of touch is I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't need to understand it. It's not for me, mm -hmm. but I don't understand it. I mean, it's just, you know, like the ones I watch anyway, it's just like it's humorous commentary. It's like anything else. I guess. But we tried to live stream a video game once and I feel like about a third of it was funny, but mm -hmm. like being funny nonstop for hours and hours off the cuff, how mm -hmm. do you, there's no way. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed doing that. I might do that again sometime. Well, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. I would do it with you again. Yeah. But, but if I were to like put it someplace permanent, I'd want to chop it down to the best parts. I yeah. wouldn't want it to just be the, you know, like two hours of flailing and one hour of gold. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I don't know. I watched some of these guys who just go for like eight, 10 hours. And it's like, good God. Yeah. That I don't get. Yeah. There must be a lot of silence or a lot of bad jokes or I don't know. Definitely a lot of bad jokes, not a lot of silence. Mm -hmm. well. anyway. Uh let's let's see what else. Uh da, 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 da. That's about all I have. I don't got a whole lot for this one. 
Uh, I did have a good kids love Batman. Yeah. Which is there. There was a reference to Philip K. Dick. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, kids love Philip K. Dick. Children definitely know who that is. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I thought that was a good pull. Yeah. If you're going to mention nerd stuff, don't just don't just mention like, hey, uh, here's Star Trek, whatever. Yeah. Like, no, this is yeah, Philip here. K. Dick's uh, typewriter. All right. Okay, cool. This guy has a collectible that isn't just like something from Star Trek or something. Mm. Well, that's cool. But yeah, a kid that definitely went over every child's head. Yeah. They don't know what the fuck that means. I appreciated it. Mm. I I wonder if that was a Patton Oswald like ad lib. If they're like, uh you you just give us what you think if you were like a crazy rich yeah. nerd, what what you would have. Oh yeah. He's like, well, I've always wanted Philip K. Dick's typewriter, because mm-hmm. that definitely seems like a Patton Oswalt. Thing. Oh, it absolutely does. Dude used to pal around with Harlan Ellison when he was alive. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, you know, he loves that shit. Yeah. Um, you guys talking about Harlan Ellison? <laughs> nope, sure not. Nope. Everyone turn the lights off, pretend we're not here. <laughs> Where's my money? Mm. Sorry, I'll pay you in hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Do Amanda Palmer and uh, Harlan Ellison cancel each other out? I think they might. Mm. Okay, you got anything else about this episode? Uh, that's everything I got. Uh... got. a quote? Oh, yeah, I do have a quote, actually. This is a really funny line from this episode. A big smoking hole could be a clue. It was, and they didn't exactly play it as Terry being stupid. It was more just him making sort of a Spider-Man joke, I thought. Yeah, I, re- I really liked it, you know? Yeah, I like his Spider-Man jokes. Big smoking hole. Could be a mm. clue. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. What do you think, mm. Bruce? <sighs> Get in the hole, Terry. Uh-huh. Pinching the bridge of his nose. <sighs> it's a lot of nose bridge pinching from Bruce in these two, I feel like. Yeah, look, you need to, uh, like, animators, just do this once. We're going to use it a lot. So, But, you uh-huh. know, put a little work into it because we're going to have to cut back to this 20 or 30 times. Ugh, youths. <sighs> All right. Uh, on to... Definitely the best summary I've ever written. Uh, I, w- I was hoping you'd forget about that, and I, I just completely whizzed that one. I just roll into your good thing. <laughs> uh, payback happened. And, uh, Here we go. Here's my quote. Payback. This week's thrilling saga begins at Jean's age, which sounds like a shitty mall store, because that's exactly what it is. Some poor teen has just worked an entire grueling Jean's age shift, probably while having to push extended warranties on jorts or some shit and saying the corporate catchphrase du jour, have a denimrific day. <laughs> and now his shitty manager is demanding that he work overtime. He'll probably end up working like 60 hours this week while also somehow only clocking 35 hours so as not to qualify for full time because retail is the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. Enter Payback, the cool new vigilante who's here to end the capitalist oppression of the workers. Yay! Except, wait, no. He's just getting really specific vengeance for very specific teens who are all attending a very specific therapy group. Terry goes undercover to infiltrate said group, assaulting entirely the wrong person in the process. In his defense, both Payback and this guy have laser whips, and nobody else in the world thinks laser whips are a good idea. Except Flonk, I guess, but he didn't pick this episode to guest on, so he can't really defend the good name of laser whips now, can he? (laughs) No, it turns out Payback isn't who Terry thought he was, or even anyone who goes to his high school, if you can believe that. He actually ends up being the son of one of the therapists who was just trying to solve all the kids' problems so his dad would have more time to spend with him, and please excuse me, I think I have something in my eye. And the cats in the cradle and yep, the silver spoon. exactly that. I kind of like this one. Yeah. I Let me ask you straight up. Mm-hmm. Did you see that twist coming? I did. I did. I thought I saw that in your notes. I, um... Because like, I'd I seen w- this episode before. I couldn't judge whether it worked or not because mm-hmm. I already knew. Yeah. 
No, I um I figured it was either power armor or there's a bit where the kid's in like a VR helmet. I'm like, okay, he's controlling the robot by VR. Sure. Still, even if it's not a like the twists don't have to be something like they don't have to outsmart you with it necessarily. No, no, I don't mind that. I like you he know he outsmarted Terry. That's the important thing. Yeah, exactly. And like it ends up being a pretty good story. So like you know. Yeah, and his motive is outstanding. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, his dad's too busy, and. Uh, the, what I was talking about with my summaries, I just I left out a bunch of stuff. I got like I had to rush it a bit there, but sure. like I, there's there's a bunch of stuff that happened, and we we got to spend some time in the therapy, and we got to meet the therapist, and mm. we got to see you know, and and yeah, he's very busy with these kids, and so his son is like, well, what if I just fix all their problems then? Yeah, which you don't is, have to go to work. Yeah, which is a very twelve year old. It solution, sure is. You know, like all right, I'll just kill all my problems away. Yeah, well that, but also, oh, so dad has to finish this obviously finite task and once mm-hmm. that's done he can come home from work yeah no that's not how jobs work kid you just work forever until yeah. you're dead <laughs> it's got a big axe to we don't grind have against... retirement no of course not i got a big axe to grind against uh, uh, capitalism for some reason i don't know what that could be yeah odd that no i really liked particularly at the beginning like they again i like to sing this show's praises of very specific sort of teen experiences like things that it gets right that a lot of shows don't mm-hmm the, do, would you disagree that that is exactly the experience of working a shitty retail job? Uh, absolutely. They got hey, a where... lot of stuff right there, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, where are you going? It's mm-hmm. the end of my shift. No, oh, no, it isn't. I control your life. Yeah. Oof. Maybe I'll give the maybe I'll give this shift to uh, any of the other uh, kids who mm-hmm. want a job. You know, nobody wants to work anymore. Uh huh. Wow. Weird that that phrase fell out of use. For 20 years and now people are using wait no everyone's just been saying it nonstop. Mm-hmm. yeah that's the one and the shitty retail manager by the way a uh, little bit of hey it's that guy was mm-hmm. curtis armstrong aka booger from revenge of the nerds oh yeah uh he's known for other things as well Moonlight he's been other things, in but... oh, tons yeah, yeah. of stuff but it was cool uh yeah. also the therapist guy is uh, dr stanton is uh, mitch pelegi uh, mm-hmm. uh skinner from x-files yay so that was cool yeah um but yeah that that opening sequence just all the shit that kid had to go through the and the the very specific ragging he's getting from the manager is mm-hmm. like good job batman beyond you get it yep someone here definitely had to work retail and and they're not so old that it's not relatable anymore yeah exactly cuz a lot of times you get okay this writer's pretty cool at least he's mm-hmm. at least lived the same life that the the uh, the viewers might have lived mm-hmm. but he's 30 years older than them so he doesn't really know what it's like now but yeah exactly this was my experience working retail in the 90s. It was probably yours in Absolutely. the O's. Like, it hasn't changed that much. Yep. So, I just, I liked that. All right, can you work till 9 tonight? Well, if I work till 9, I don't, um, I don't get home till 11, but uh, I guess. But I also know how this works. You're not mm-hmm. saying, will you work? You are saying, you will work. You will work, yeah. That is not a question. That is an order. Mm-hmm. My favorite was uh, when I worked at uh, the Wendy's, and I would work there till one in the morning, and mm-hmm. then they would make me walk home. How, how do they have any control how you get home? Well, it's like, if I don't have a ride or whatever, legally they're supposed to provide, like, a taxi or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Or one of the managers is supposed to... Uh, give you a uh, ride or something? Give, you a, give me yeah. a ride. Uh, and a lot of the time I'd have managers who were like, yeah, I'll give you a ride home. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time I would have managers who would go, fuck you, get out. I mean... It sucks for you, but also expecting someone to drive someone else like mm. that's that's a weird. I don't know. I you shouldn't have to suffer for that. Yeah, hundred percent. But also, it's weird that the company would expect them to use their own personal car to 
drive an employee off the clock. I mean, let's talk about how companies are not great. <laughs> oh, look, I, I know. But I like that. And I like I said, at first, I thought this was going to be like, uh, you know, a hero of the people. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, eh, not so I, much. I, I kind of love how much how much of a 12 year old payback oh, yeah. actually is, you know? Yeah, and we get more of a glimpse of that with the with the second one, where mm. it's like uh, somebody was talking about their shitty boyfriend in therapy. Yeah, and he just shows up. It's like you should have been a better boyfriend, loser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. It's like okay, this guy doesn't sound like that dude with the whip. He sounds like a twelve year old. Oh wait, there's a twelve year old in this show. Oh, he's in stilts. Uh huh. <laughs> yep, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, this is my good thing. Yeah. I really like how therapy positive episode this is. Oh, yeah. And there's a great sort of uh, uh, contrasting thing where Terry goes undercover Mm -hmm. and then kind of realizes that he does have some problems. Like, therapy might not be a bad idea for him. He doesn't say it out loud either is what Mm -hmm. I like. It's it's all, like, it's all kind of subtle, but it's there. Like, they dialed up Bruce's harshness. He's yeah. he's a little more of a jerk to Terry in this one, just to just to underscore it. Mm. And it's a great way to show, like, the show never says, oh, these kids have problems. These are the crazy kids. These yeah. are, like, no, they just need someone to talk to. Yeah. And that's what therapy's for. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have someone incredibly overbearing in my life mm-hmm. who has made my life very difficult for me. And it's, I, I just genuinely, it spoke... Not only to a situation that I think should be talked about more in fiction, mm-hmm. but also specifically to these characters. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that a lot. It's like, Terry, you hang out with Bruce Wayne, the poster child for go get therapy, for God's mm-hmm. sake. Yeah, and there is even a point where uh, uh, Terry says, you know, sometimes you need someone to talk to, and Bruce just sort of gives him that wicked grin. Yeah, right. It's like, or not, you could just sit in a cave with your dog and talk to no one. Have you considered driving everyone you know away? Mm-hmm. Like you're doing with me right now. <laughs> yeah, but right now I'm your boss and I need you to work overtime. God <laughs> damn it. Sorry, Ink's back in town. I'm going to need you to work <laughs> to work mm-hmm. through the weekend. Yep. Oh, come on. And you got to walk home. Uh, From you, stately Wayne Manor, it's you six have a, miles. You have a Batmobile. Uh, that's for company time only, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe I just talked myself into thinking working for Batman would suck. Uh, you know it would. Uh-huh. It absolutely would. Like, you know it would be cool to do the things, mm-hmm. but anything involving taking orders from him would yep. be terrible. Uh, what was your good thing? Uh, I love Bruce actually getting involved in the end at the end of the episode. Like he, there's basically like a big, like there's a gala. Yeah, it's a gala for like the Vreeland Corporation, which is nice. Fucking Veronica Vreeland mm-hmm. looms so large over this whole animated universe. Yeah, I never would have imagined, but I love it. No, I it's great. Yeah, but um, so Bruce uh shows up. And uh, Payback tr- uh, tries to kill him at the at the gala mm-hmm. because Terry's been complaining about him in therapy. Mm-hmm. And the scene where uh, he starts threatening Bruce and Bruce is just like, uh-huh. The animation on Bruce in particular as everyone's running away and looking terrified and he just stares the guy down. Yeah, he fucking stone faces this guy. It's amazing. And the thing is, with us having watched the entirety of the other series, mm. it's like we've... We... We had like a hundred episodes of him as Bruce having to pretend he's scared in situations like this. Yeah. And he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, he's old now. It's just like, whatever. Yeah. Now he's just reacting as Batman. Yeah. Which is staring them down like, what the fuck you got? Come on. (laughs) 
I'm going to kill you. Yeah, that's cute. Mm-hmm. You know how many times I've heard that? You uh-huh. know how not dead I am? Yep. It's just, it was, it's really, I, I believe what the animators were doing. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I believe they were just using Batman body language and faces with Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. Which subconsciously registered as, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it worked really well. Yeah. Oh, uh, you done fucked up now. Mm-hmm. I'm in a giant power armor. Why am I the scared one here? Yeah, and you're in a great glass elevator like so much <laughs> Charlie Bucket. It's not even that great anymore. Cut it in half. That's true. This is a subpar glass elevator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it reminded me of the scene in World's Finest where um, the Joker's coming at him mm-hmm. uh, on that tall building, and he's it, it's scaffolding and not uh, an elevator, but he's still hanging from like the outside of a building. Yeah, it's the same situation. Only again, he doesn't have to act incompetent or scared. Yeah, which is amazing. Uh, what was your I bad love, thing? I love Batman. Yeah, he's great. Uh, so there's a guy that um Terry assumes is payback. Right. Because he's, he's kinda... like an orderly or something at the at the yeah. thing. He's like a big muscular guy who helps kids with like sculpture therapy or something. Yeah, but he's like he, you know he's like a tough guy and like yeah. has like a laser whip. Mm-hmm. And he so, comes out with whip, right? Yeah. And so Terry is like, oh well, that's it. He was a jerk to me at the when I when I visited. Clearly he's pay- clearly he's payback. Yeah, he so was that, a jerk to you because you you were snooping around in the records office, yeah, man. Yeah, but um, he goes to uh, he goes to shake him down in Batman style, and the guy's just like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And then Terry proceeds to to uh, smash up all of the sculptures in his room, mm-hmm. and I just felt so bad for the guy. Like Terry leaves to go like find what, go on to whatever the next scene was, and. The guy's just standing there surrounded by the destroyed remains of his, like, artistic career, and I just felt terrible for him. Yeah, I, and that was a deliberate choice. Like, the show could have followed Terry, mm-hmm. but they chose to linger there for a minute to show the wreckage and show yeah. him going, oh, like, to show him just sinking to the ground and, and you know, crying. Yeah. What the, what the fuck, oh, man? My life's work. Yeah. Uh, I just, I like that they wanted us to feel that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good choice. Also, I love that the sculptures are basically the sculptures from Beetlejuice. Were they? I don't think I mean, they was. don't look exactly like it, but they had that sort of janky, weird-looking... Oh, yeah, that abstract. Yeah. You can tell they're supposed to be people or whatever, but they're not exactly... Yeah, it's like, it's abstract, but it's you, you don't quite know what abstract is. Yeah. Oh, you just described Tim Burton. Yeah, huh? Um, my bad thing, and, and this is not exactly a bad thing, mm-hmm. because when you consider... The character. Payback looked like some serious 90s edgelord every Marvel and DC comic from 1997 bullshit to me. Yep, he absolutely did. But given that there's a 12-year-old in there... Uh-huh. That's the uh, thing. Okay. It That is 100% something that a 12-year-old would think was cool. It's black with black highlights. Yep. Ugh. And I said... And I... <laughs> And I said, how black could this possibly be? And it's none. Yeah, none more black. None more black. I think that voice, mm-hmm. Nigel from Spinal Tap, is the voice that Oscar Isaac is doing in Moon Knight. Oh, God, I haven't seen any of Moon Knight I, Neither yet, have I, but uh, I saw the trailer some yeah. time ago. It's like, hello, I'm Moon Knight. <laughs> How much more black could this be? How much more white could this be? Because mm-hmm. I'm Moon Knight. Right. Who did I read, a, I read a thing. This is completely off topic, but mm-hmm. I read a thing 
someone asked Oscar Isaac where the voice came from, and it's like, yeah, uh, what's his name? Kevin Feige didn't uh, didn't sign off on that mm-hmm. exactly. Like nobody said do this voice. Uh-huh. I came to them with it, and they just sort of shrugged and said, yeah, he's got five personalities, whatever, whatever. Well, this is a voice I've been doing at home that make my kids laugh. <laughs> so I'm gonna do this. Oh no. I love that it's basically what a thing to happen. That's basically how the Austin Powers voice got invented. So, yeah, but you know, this is supposed to be a little more serious than Mike Myers doing a, a Mike touch. Myers stick. You know. Oh no! I've got to stop! I've got to stop! Whatever the bad guy in Moon Knight is, <laughs> Dracula owes me money. <laughs> That's the only thing I know about Moon Knight. Uh, uh, anything else? Uh, I think that's everything I got. I like the um. You briefly get to see the uh the 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 payback suit without uh, like like it shows oh, like, that it's a robot basically. Yeah, like all the all the uh, stuff that has to make it so a yeah. kid can crawl in there. Like Terry basically yanks the sh- yanks it off like it's a sheet, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks really cool. You know, it was kind of a reverse Scooby Doo because yeah. instead of an old white man, it's like a one of the meddling kids. Mm-hmm. Uh... I also got a bit of a Kylo Ren vibe. Mm-hmm. A little kid pretending he's a dark edge lord, but really he's just a petulant little kid. Yeah. More sympathetic than Kylo Ren, I would I say. I mean, it would have to be. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Look, the Joker's more sympathetic than <laughs> Kylo Ren. Shut up, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'll throw, or I'll kill you and throw you off a, lo- a tall bridge. That's fine. I don't want to do these movies anymore anyway. I can't wait to not be in these movies. How'd you get me back for another one? Jesus Christ! They put a uh, they put they led him uh, to a box on a stick with a trail of airplanes. Uh huh. <laughs> ah, an airplane in the script for an Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my quote yes. is at the beginning when like Edge Lordy uh, uh, payback comes in mm-hmm. to uh, what was it? Jeans West? No, that's the fake jeans store in uh, uh, King of the Hill. Jeans, jeans Age. Age. Excuse the hell out of me. <laughs> um, and the manager has this quip, which is uh, maybe maybe a little insensitive, but I thought it was kind of mm-hmm. funny. Sorry, hun, we're all out of your size. That's all. It didn't. It didn't come off as like homophobic or or misogynistic or anything. Uh-huh. It just came off as like like he wasn't he wasn't saying ha ha you're a girl. Yeah, you're just saying oh you're here for some jeans. I can't help you. <laughs> It just made me laugh. I kind of like that we're at a point in the future where it's like, all right, well, yep. I mean, this is pr- this might be the weirdest thing to happen to me today, but I bet two months from now everyone will be wearing one of these. Yeah, look, I'm in Gotham City, uh-huh. and it's the fucking cyberpunk future, mm-hmm. so whatever, man. Just don't, just don't burgle me. Oh God. Oh man, uh, you're probably working for somebody in the sewer, huh? <laughs> Curtis Armstrong has definitely played someone in the sewer making children do his bidding. <laughs> Maybe in like Revenge of the Nerds Five. I don't want to know. I don't want to. Ch- I don't want to watch those movies. Well, no, no, they're terrible. But you know, Revenge of the Mer- uh, Revenge of the Nerds Five, Mission to Moscow. <laughs> Excuse me, that was Police Academy Six, I think, or Seven. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I used to know this. Mm-hmm. Five is Miami Beach. I think six is Moscow. All right. Excuse me. Revenge of the Nerds 5, Nerds on Patrol. There you go. Uh-huh. No, that's Police Academy 4. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, well, for one thing, I think we need to start reviewing Police Academy movies since no, you're a God, huge no. fan of them. I am not, but I saw them all many, many times because, <laughs> look, 
The Last Starfighter only came on cable occasionally, but Police Most, Academy was on always. Mostly it was just Police Academy. Yeah, I, you think I'm kidding. That mm-hmm. was pretty much all Cinemax showed mm-hmm. before the softcore porn started. Sure, Police Academy and Look Who's Talking To. Yeah, that's a little later, though. You're, you're getting into the 90s then. Well, yeah, that's when, I was, that's when I was around. Right, but I'm saying, you know, the time that made an impression on me mm-hmm. would have been when Police Academy movies were on. Sure. And short circuit. It was a, it was a real uh, Gutenberg Renaissance, a real Gutensance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is about all for this time. Mm-hmm. Next time we will be doing episodes entitled "Where's Terry" mm-hmm. and "Ace in the Hole," which is, I believe, uh, Ace the Bat Hound's secret origin, which is not as stupid as it sounds. Oh, cool! It's actually good. Like the story of where ace came from and yeah. why bruce has him and all that uh our friend irish gav will be joining us excellent uh gav originally was going to be joining us for another episode and i i'm sure he just had a scheduling conflict or mm-hmm. something and uh, uh i'm a little disappointed he won't be here for that because it was one of those sort of follow-ups to what he was on for the animated series oh yeah um a character will be coming back so that'll, that'll oh cool soon. all right um but good be good to hear from gav yeah um as ever, Love the website guy. is uh, kidslovebatman.com. You mm-hmm. want to write to us, it's kidslovebatmanpodcast at gmail. I feel like we're going to be at the end of this series relatively soon. Yeah, I, I think we're like coming up on it pretty quick. Six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. Not yep. very long from now. So uh, we'll be answering your mail. Please feel free to write to us. Um, we are on Twitter. I'm at Algar. I'm at, at Maggie Robots. And we'll be back next week. Yeah. See you, folks. Twala Dregs. <laughs> For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2022. Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.